Hey everyone, welcome back to Vampire Weekday. And quick, Kevin, give me your best Ezra scream. Ha ha ha! <laughs> oh, that was I. I have a really narrow vocal range, but even I can tell I was off key from what I said last week. Oh, um, oh, oh. Ah! Yeah, I yeah. Don't ask me to sing, folks. Nico and I are going to form a band at some point. I, but we, I, we, we really need to find a singer. <laughs> we need a drummer. We need a singer. Yeah. Um, we know a couple of guys I think could do it. So off to a great start here as yeah. we, we, wow, it's... we jump on White Sky today. We're, we're going. White Sky off of Vampire Weekend's second album, Contra, and New York City Baby. New York City Baby. Um yeah, I, I, I really don't know what else there is to say. The Big Apple, um, Manhattan. <laughs> that's a wrap. That's just, done. That, that's just what it is, baby. Um, yeah, yeah we, we got ourselves a, a, a great song here. I think at least musically, this might be top five in the canon for me. Really? I, wow. I really like this song. Wow. I feel like it's very quintessential vampire. That's for sure. Well, it's funny you say that because this song was written prior to the release of LP1. So it is, uh, it is so like original, this is like the Dead Sea Scrolls kind yeah. of what we got going on here. That, this is a big deal. Um, of course, this was the number, it was a number 14 single in Mexico as we talked oh, about yeah. the American <laughs> fan base last week. Um, the cover of this single is gorgeous. It's that like circular thing. It's got all the lyrics on it. It's beautiful. And Rolling Stone does a number of year end lists, albums, songs, whatever. In 2010, they ranked this song as the seventh best song of 2010. Wow. A really good company. Now, Nico, what did Rolling Stone consider to be the best song of 2010? I'm going to go LMAFAO Party Rock is in the house tonight. Very close. But the correct <laughs> answer is something that you and I had a conversation about off air earlier this week. Runaway by Kanye West. Oh, featuring yes. Good choice. We uh, we came to the conclusion that Runaway might be the best song ever recorded. Yeah, well, yeah, this podcast is officially a Runaway Stand podcast. We're yeah, we are we're Runaway, exactly. <laughs> but the, but um, the Kanye guys have already been doing their thing for a while, um, uh, but so we can't we can't get on their on their no, horse too much. No, the the White Sky single cover um, that's like a mind calendar, right? It, I guess that's what it is. Yeah, now that you mention it. Yeah, it was like right before the Doomsday 2012, so that makes sense. That's true. It was it was it was, it was big back then. Cultural salience, yeah. yeah. But I mean, yeah, there's there's this is released a single, and it's like I don't think it gets talked about too much as a part of the discography. Mm-hmm. But you know, like they released as a single off of Contra. Not every song got that treatment. It's a it's a it's a really cool song. Yeah. So let's dive in. So the first verse. Um, an ancient business, a modern piece of glasswork down on the corner that you walk each day in passing. I read this as New York, baby. I read this as you're walking down Manhattan, you're seeing these glass buildings, these ancient businesses within these modern glass buildings. Um, so um, not that the corporations are ancient, but that banking is ancient and finance is ancient in itself. Um so I, I read it as that, but you s- seem to have a different interpretation, right? 
I'm probably wrong, but I mean, I, I I took a stab at this before looking at everything online. So let's take a look at those first two lines there and also add in the second two. The elderly sales clerk won't eye us with suspicion. The whole immortal corporations given its permission. I mentioned to Nico before, I thought this line was motor corporation the entire time. Not that that really would have meant anything, but that's just kind of funny. Well, uh, it's the way it's, I- it's the whole, the, um, Motor Corporation, as in GMC's, given its emissions, not permission, right? Wow. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Hang on. GMC's giving its emissions. I don't know if you saw this, but General Motors changed their logo like a month ago, and it's terrible. <laughs> so many companies are making awful logo decisions these days. But anyway, mm. I digress. I read this as a little vignette of somebody shoplifting. Yeah, I, I read it kind of as that, but more as a referendum on how white-collar crime doesn't get punished. Well, I guess, and I understand what you're they're at from, the banking. Yeah, well, so yeah, that's, that's a really interesting way of putting it. And I guess that's kind of where we can have the connection about giving its permission. Mm-hmm. My thought was, I'm reading this through the lens of Woke Vampire Weekend, and it's it's okay for me to steal a pack of gum because this company does X, Y, Z terrible thing to whoever. Oh, Not saying that's I, anything particular. That's the way I read it. But like, I think the banking thing that you mentioned is probably, or like just big business, white collar crime might be the more general take on this. Well, I read it. A- I read a secondary meaning where the elderly sales clerk won't eye us with suspicion as an us, as in Vampire Weekend. And if you look at Vampire Weekend, there are a bunch of white boys. And so I read it in Woke Vampire Weekday as in white, white boys aren't going to be eyed with suspicion at a convenience store, but through racial stereotypes, ra- just racist policies, um, a lot of people who are Black are targeted. Um, by sales clerks as potential shoplifters. Um, and I read it as that. Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting take. Yeah, I mean, it's probably, probably throws a little bit more on there. Um, but yeah, so go back more to this theme you were talking about of like being a big corporation as opposed to just somebody shoplifting like I thought. Yeah, it's the whole immortal corporations given its permission for this white collar crime to go on where these people are given little slaps on the wrist when they're um, caught, as opposed to someone who gets a life sentence for something that a lot of people view as lesser. Speaking of which, rest in peace, Bernie Madoff. Uh, we as a show, I can't believe we didn't the week of. Just a just an absolute miss on our part to not mention the death of Mr. Bernie Madoff. <laughs> I was unaware of this. But... <laughs> he died a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Greatest to ever do it. I mean, let's be honest here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, anyway. <laughs> Verse two, a little stairway, a little piece of carpet, a pair of mirrors that are facing one another, out in both directions, a thousand little Julias, my favorite lyric of all time. That's so um, great. <laughs> that come together in the middle of Manhattan. Um yeah, so without verse three, I'd be really confused on this. Um, but I think it's like them walking up to the Museum of Modern Art mm-hmm. in New York City. So yeah, so I think it makes a lot of sense. Outdoor I mean, um, art um, 
things going on and one of them is the infinity mirror uh, i've never been to moma um but oh. yeah I, I did read about that i think it makes a lot of sense um obviously we're with somebody named julia i don't know if julia's a particular person or just a name that sounded good yeah in this setting yeah i mean that's that's the new coffee is julia the way he pronounced it so. i guess <laughs> also do any of these lines rhyme no it's really kind of just like a spoken word poetry almost it's True. like it's just like vignettes really yeah that's um, a good point yeah I, I think this is a moma thing especially when you get into the third verse um we can just go there around the corner the house that modern art built a house for modern art to keep it out the closets um i think we're talking about modern art here uh just a bunch <laughs> um of people who might own it the sins of pride and envy and on the second floor, the Richard Serra skate park. So I had to look up Richard Serra, um, but he is an artist who's done a lot of like physical visual stuff, um, a lot of like outdoor steel sculpture that looks like stuff you'd see in a skate park. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it's it's cool stuff. Um, but yeah, it like and it, when it's just outside like that, it looks like something you want to rail grind on. Yeah, and he's definitely been displayed in MoMA, so. Um, that's mm -hmm. why it's on the second floor of MoMA. Um, but yeah, I, I love that that verse. Um, a house for modern art to keep it out the closets because a lot of people who collect modern art, these uber rich people, keep it in um, these closets and um, um, very uh, storage. They keep it in storage essentially um, both for financial and logistical reasons. Um, one of them being art has to be kept at a very specific temperature to be maintained properly. And most homes don't have that temperature. Like a so. painting you're talking about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. And so most art collections are actually kept within storage units that can keep that temperature. I wonder how artists feel about that. Like Sarah's still alive. Like I'm curious. I mean, I guess his stuff's like usually a little too big to be kept out, but like, well, yeah, I mean, if I, I was mean, an artist. It also maintains a lot better than paintings, but. That's true. Well, if I was an artist, I mean, I'd be pretty pissed if somebody bought my stuff and just kept it in a closet. Yeah. I, I think, I think that's part of the point here. Mm -hmm. um, and then the sins of pride and envy. Uh, yeah, definitely woke Vampire Weekday talking about the art collection world, I guess. The, there was a part of this read to me that almost thought like, I'm going to buy this piece of art and keep it in my closet. Specifically so another rich guy doesn't have it. Yeah. I don't know why I got that impression, but I felt like there was a little bit of that. that here. Like, because yeah. it's not only, it's, it's like a commodity. I've got to have it so somebody else doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. And then let's just like jump through the verses before we get to the chorus. So verse four, sit on the park wall, ask all the right questions. Why are the horses racing taxis in the winter? I, I like the idea of two people like on a date getting coffee. It's like George Costanza going for a walk in Central Park. <laughs> and we're talking about why are the horses racing taxis in the winter? Yeah, I could see the, that being the, a the line in an episode. The horse-drawn carriage thing, which again, that's a great Seinfeld episode right there. Um, especially in the winter, that just seems like a huge hassle. And I guess people oh, yeah. want I mean, to go on horse-drawn carriage rides. Horses are meant to be 
going in the winter around. So no, horses are from like Spain, like where it's nice most of the time, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so it's a commentary on the mistreatment of horses in carriages in New York, right? The horses being relocated against their will. Yeah. To the uh, North American landmass. Talk about woke vampire weekday. It really makes you think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I, I, I like the whole just sitting at a date and drinking coffee, talking about whatever crosses your mind. If you can have a conversation about that, it's like you're asking the right questions. Like mm-hmm. you, if that That's the kind of question you hear, and it kind of lights you up a little bit. That makes you feel good. <laughs> Look up the buildings. Imagine who might live there. Imagining your Wolfords in a ball upon the sink there. This so- is also maybe like a date thing, too. Oh yeah, very if the date's much going so. well, so Wolfords, I'd look this up. Nico and I, you know, as as much as we like to associate with the opposite sex, we had to look up what Wolfords are. <laughs> <laughs> um, apparently, it's like women's hoisery. Is that right? It's um, yeah, women's pantyhose. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so this leads us to the um, meaning, possible meaning of the pre-chorus and chorus that I believe is is the main meaning in that it's a date gone very well and they're back at their place because the pre-chorus so they're imagining the pantyhose in a ball upon the sink in their apartment and so the pre-chorus says you waited since lunch which i think is an allusion to when harry met sally's scene at the diner at lunch where she fakes a orgasm with harry um watching and it all comes at once and then it is just an influx of sounds in the chorus listeners yeah listeners put it together when nico started making the harry met sally connection this is a podcast i was like visibly shaking and like this is incredible (laughs) we we might have to release the visual here (laughs) this is great okay so we have this I guess the, because the question now Sally is... took place in New York City. Oh, absolutely. So it New York, fully New York goes City, into baby. the New York City baby vibe going Hell yeah. on. So I guess my question now is, how do we have, do we have any relation, like, constitutively between verses one, two, three, and our date scene, if you will? Oh, definitely. Because we have that chorus throughout. Definitely. So the first one, they're just talking about walking through New York, um, about their daily routines, kind of introducing themselves on the date. Verse two, they're walking up to the MoMA, um, seeing an infinite uh, infinity mirror there, um, made famous by the Star Wars scene where there was a infinity mirror of Rey in the last Star Wars movie, and she had shark teeth at one point, which... I don't really understand, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to talk about Rise of Skywalker. No, let's forget <laughs> that existed. But anyway, so they're entering MoMA in verse two, and then verse three, they're at MoMA walking through the yard. Verse four, they're sitting at a park, like you said, drinking coffee afterwards, just talking, and then imagining, hey, what if we went back to my place? Haha, JK, JK, and Lots. Haha. <laughs> this is a beautiful little wow what a wonderful fits. little song this is great 
and I, we've kind of talked about this in previous episodes, but the ability of a songwriter, a great songwriter, to take the mundane and turn this beautiful thing. I think of John Prine, Paul Simon, another New York City contemporary um, that could do that so well. Speaking, speaking of, we do have a Paul Simon connection, do we not? We do have a Paul Simon connection. Someone in one of the Vampire Weekend uh, White Sky, it was a cover, or not a cover, it was a version of White Sky on Unplugged, um, which was actually a really cool version. But anyway, there was a comment that said, this is just Crazy Love by Paul Simon. And some of the, the song Crazy Love sounds exactly like White Sky. So I think it was, a lot of it was ripped from there. The guitar styling is really similar uh, in the beginning. Um, and the lyricism there is, it's, 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 it's not quite, you can call me out. It's like drier, but then the, the chorus is just, I don't want to be a part of this crazy love. Um, it's a beautiful song. I mean, if, if you haven't listened to Graceland in its entirety yet, get on that like yesterday, but yeah, I, I think there's, there's, there's definitely a little bit of a relation there. It's, 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 it's narrative. Um, and yes, like musically, it's very, very similar. Kevin, I'm sorry. I have not listened to Graceland fully through. Wait, seriously? <laughs> yeah. Dude! <laughs> I'll get on that tomorrow. It's it's really, really good. Okay. It's like a top okay. 10 album for me. Next next episode, I'll provide the listeners an update. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you probably um, heard all the songs by yeah, now. Yeah. Okay. Um. But yeah, no. So the story kind of came together. Um, but I, I do think there's still like the secondary meanings of maybe like racial dialogue. And then what was your tertiary meaning? The, um, the shoplifting in the yeah. first verse. Okay. Oh, about corporations just not caring. Yeah. And it's like, I, why why is it a big deal for me to lift a candy bar if this company's doing terrible things yeah. and of course i'm of the opinion that you should try and be the bigger person anyway but i'm also a schmuck so who knows <laughs> um but yeah it's a i i definitely appreciate the song a lot more than when we started i already like this song a lot and now i like it a lot more it this it is, definitely made comes together especially when you said that it was recorded with lp1 right yeah absolutely it's 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 so like a grown-up ladies of cambridge almost mm -hmm. you know it's we're, we're we're going into the town we're gonna see what's happening let's hope things go all right because i was confused why all of contra is taking place in california except this song but that makes a lot more sense mm -hmm. Because this is when when you read it through the lens of New York, it's it's very like this is happening in February, you know. Oh yes, it's definitely. Like Overcoat very much so. Season. Yeah, but it, it's also a little bit of that. There's a little bit of naivety, like this, like no one who's like forty is gonna write this song. You know what I mean? Yeah, like definitely. it's someone who's still being a little woke, but it's still kind of growing a little bit. Whereas that ladies of Cambridge is like, I'm 19 and I'm ready to have a good time. <laughs> you know this is a little bit there's a little bit more grown up there but it's still like the the idea of dreaming about what's going to happen in those big buildings the idea of like looking at all this and just having the wonder of it i think there's still there's some youthfulness there yeah the 23 year old speaks his wisdom to us you know 
What, what if I'm connecting here, Nico? Excuse me. I love it. I love it. Allow me. Um, yeah, no. So favorite lyric, I'm going first because I have to pick Julia's. That's it. Julius. That's all I need. Um, that's great. I think I'm going to go with um, Come Together the Middle Manhattan. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Then top five, go ahead. This Life, Stranger, Unbelievers, White Sky, Harmony Hall. Um, I'm going to go um, Flower Moon, Oxford Comma, uh, This Life, Campus, and then I've enjoyed White Sky, so we're gonna put that at five for. Look at is, us! This well, is a honorary one-time thing for White this Sky. This is a this is a be nice to Contra episode. <laughs> <laughs> this is a let's not let's not be nice to on song, Contra for once. Be nice to the song that wasn't actually written in the Contra settings and probably doesn't belong <laughs> on Contra. <laughs> All we need, and then our hat for this week. Because Kevin went to a Chicago Cubs game earlier today. We're going for the Cubbies. We got a yes. Cub hat. Yes. My, so uh, my is... beautiful. Go ahead. I was just going to say my beautiful Milwaukee Brewers won six to nothing. I froze my ass off because it was 40 degrees. But oh, wow. and I'm still not warm yet. Can't but I'm... Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> Can't win them all. Um, and so this is the modern Cubs logo um, on a nice blue hat with Chicago like at the back. I like that logo. I'm a yeah, it's a great logo. logo. Okay, so the song for next week. Let's see if we can get out of Contra for once. We might just let's just finish it. Let's <laughs> just get it out of the way. <laughs> oh, we're going back to the hits. We're going big. Any guesses? It's got to either be A Punk or Cape Cod. It's, it's A Punk. Yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah! Does A Punk have many lyrics? <laughs> I couldn't tell you pretty much any of the lyrics in A-Punk. I don't know what there's, I don't know what's going on. I just on. know the guitar riff. Yeah. That's all you really know. Good sound. That's all that the producers of Step Brothers wanted to know. Well, tune in next week for the hits. We'll see you next Take week. Take it easy, folks. Um, um.